everyone, and welcome to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Justine. And I'm Death. <laughs> Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how I feel right now. I feel really drugged and dead. Classic cutaway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when they said, you move to a low humidity zone, the mm. migraines will get better. Mm. They lied. Why did I become Gary Marshall? <laughs> but you did. <laughs> I'm just hitting all of the cutaways, like classics. Today. Yeah, seriously. You've been doing this for too long. We are a meme of ourselves. <laughs> what is our podcast, Justine? <laughs> our podcast is, is you and I watching romantic comedies through You're the talking ages. Shit. <laughs> talking shit. Talking uh, shit. Rom coms and dick jokes. Not in this movie, though. Okay, okay. No, I feel like that would be inappropriate. It's in a totes and a propes. It's totes. Totes wrong. Totes wrong. Oh, it's Thanksgiving. No, it's Hanksgiving. Oh, it's Hanksgiving. The cutaways traditional Hanksgiving episode. Because we love you, Tom Hanks. Just like if we were Peanuts characters, this would be... Do you think Tom Hanks would come on our podcast? Yes. I think that would be fun. I just don't think we've asked him yet. Tom. Thomas Jefferson. Thomas and Jefferson Hanks. <laughs> TJ Hanks. TJ Hanks is a real missed opportunity that your your middle name is Jeffrey, not Jefferson. Yeah, but you what's know, up with that? We'll forgive, we'll forgive your parents. Okay, for now. <laughs> Come on, on the, the podcast. podcast. <laughs> Unintentional unison. <laughs> How are we celebrating Thanksgiving this year, Ashley? We're going back in time. Back in time to 1988 that was very appropriate for the 80s yeah so is that beret thanks <laughs> i'm fucking stylish i show I'm up nice <laughs> i look nice for the podcast i don't i'm in my pajamas like 90 percent of the time i mean it's a slumber party i know and i'm drugged yes i also have a bun on the top of my head yeah i'm just like literally like no makeup no no nothing i'm not leaving the house like, total slumber party mode. Thought you were going to call yourself a basic bitch. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily classify myself as a basic bitch, but I have basic bitch elements. Basic bitch tendencies. Tendencies, yes. It's not like any of the other episodes where you were completely drugged. <laughs> but but we're, not talking, we're not talking about recreational drug use no. here. I took the big girl migraine medicine. Ashley... Is a constant sufferer of migraines, but yes. still, you know, hits it out of the park to be here with you, <laughs> listener. So, yeah, we're going to watch Big. Yeah. Is Big really a rom-com? Uh, Are we stretching this? We're, it's just a stretch, but it's also, everybody's covering Big this year because it's his 30th anniversary. Oh, look at that. Yeah. So, I mean, it was my idea first, but. But, you know, we're doing it. Yeah. People keep stealing your ideas, just Yeah, I know. Well, do you want to know what it's about? I would love to know what it's about, even though I've seen it a lot. I don't think I've seen it, like, all the way through. What? I feel like I may have, but I don't know. Who are you? I'm Ashley. (laughs) I thought you were Death. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, so here's the description from IMDb. After wishing to be made big... 
A teenage boy wakes the next morning to find himself mysteriously in the body of an adult. So, okay. Yep. It's like Freaky Friday. Yeah. But only with Tom Hanks. And some sex. So, it oh. does not... Doesn't hold up. Is there inappropriateness that mm. happens in this movie? It, oh, okay. This 2018 lens is like... Oh, it's like, nope. None of, none of this. Children. Is it really consent when your partner has been magicked into an adult body unbeknownst to you? Like consent for you or consent for the child? But I mean, you could also look at it as like he just doesn't have the mentality of an adult mm-hmm. and could be taken advantage. Like it could go both ways. Like I feel like there's just none, cons- no consent at all on mm-hmm. either party. Mm-hmm. But it's the 80s. But yeah, it's the 80s. Yeah. Well, this movie stars Tom Hanks, who we previously saw in Splash, The Money Pit, Joe vs. the Volcano, Sleepless in Seattle, and You've Got Mail, and many, many other classics. Mm-hmm. Every year. Every year. Go see the Tom Hanks movie. It also stars Elizabeth Perkins and Robert LaGoya from Return to Me. Yeah, he was one of the old guys in Return oh, to Me. Oh, it's going to have an old guy? Yeah. Oh, I love when it has old guys. <laughs> it was directed by Penny Marshall, which means that the Gary Marshall impression was appropriate. There you go. You got it. <laughs> it was edited by Barry Malkin, who also edited It Could Happen to You. Remember that Nick Cage? Oh, yeah. Horrible movie. Vaguely. Yeah. Isn't that where I came up with, like, he's a wooden spoon or something like that? He's a wooden spoon. No, was that Moonstruck or was that? No, that was oh, this movie. It could happen to you. He's yeah. a wooden spoon. He's a wooden spoon. You need to go back and listen because that was a classic. <laughs> That's that was a, a classic <laughs> Nicolas Cage joke. <laughs> you are missing out on I'm going on. back. Okay. Um, the assistant film editor was Elizabeth Canny. And the second assistant film editor was Patrick Crane who was the post-production assistant on The Money Pit. And the other second assistant film editor was Peter B. Ellis. This is all shot on film. Good for them. It's the 80s. Oh, right. There was no digital. <laughs> there was video, but yeah. they weren't. Well, vi- there's beta cam. Yeah. They could have shot on beta on cam. On tape. Mm-hmm. Mm, that beta mm. cam. That beta cam dough. Is it really good? I don't no. Know. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than VHS. Yeah. Why people... Like yeah, allowed. why it didn't become yeah. a thing? This is just terrible. <laughs> um, the movie was an hour and 44 minutes long. It's rated PG, which is surprising. It's the 80s, so there's swearing, there's inappropriateness, but it's the 80s, so they just invented. Oh, yeah. See, people think that movies today are, like, really way worse than what they used to be, but really they're not based on, like, the ratings. Yeah. Like, this would not be, this would be rated PG-13, I bet, today. Probably. It has a 7.3 out of 10 IMDb rating and has a 73 on Metascore. Pretty good. I think that's our highest Metascore since we started doing that. It is. I feel like you're right. It did have some awards at the the 1889. (laughs) (laughs) Right when film was invented. 1989 Golden Globe Awards. It won the Golden Globe for Best Performance of an Actor in a Motion Picture Comedy or Musical for Thomas Jefferson Hanks. Uh It was nominated for the Best Motion Picture Comedy or Musical Golden Globe. And at the 1989 Academy Awards, 
It was nominated for Best Actor in a Leading Role for Tom Hanks and Best Writing for Screenplay Written Directly for the Screen. The writers were Gary Ross and Ann Spielberg. Can't believe you got every single name correctly in oh, your Oh, look at this magic of editing. <laughs> <laughs> No one will know. I mean, it's appropriate. There's magic in this movie. There is magic in this movie. Who's ready for the magic? I'm always ready for magic. Get the magic. Get it. Get that Jersey magic. So, wait, when does the splash version with Channing Tatum come out? Because I really (laughs) want that right now. Let's go watch Big. That doesn't answer my question, but yes, let's do it. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're so cute. You're just really like down in the blankets. The medicine is like really hitting me very hard. Like it's very hard for me to stay awake. It's just like when you have Thanksgiving dinner mm-hmm. and get really sleepy. Yeah, it's like that. Okay, here's a little chance for you to wake up. I asked our friends on the internet. I asked, friends. I asked them what their favorite Thanksgiving foods were. What are their favorites? Okay. From Home Video Hustle Podcast, turkey and cranberry salad is my go-to combo. Somebody actually likes the cranberry stuff? Cranberry salad and turkey. That's cool. That is cool. I've never heard anybody like the cranberry stuff from Thanksgiving. I like cranberry sauce. I, I, I even like it from the can, and where you slice it, it's still can-shaped. Yeah. That's OG. I like that. <laughs> it's, it's like cranberry jello. Yeah. Her head in films said dressing, mac and cheese, and green bean casserole. Ooh, green bean casserole. You know my green bean casserole is the bomb. Green bean casserole. LJ from Bygones. Yes, yes, yes. Set. Not from not not from to all the boys. No, not from to all the boys. <laughs> but close. Yeah. Said the novelty of having mac and cheese on the same plate as roasted meats and potatoes. Who has? I don't have mac and cheese for Thanksgiving. Oh, my brother makes mac and cheese for Thanksgiving. Okay, I have some more answers. Yes. Nerd Adonis said, cranberry sauce, turkey, my aunt stuffing. My mother's deviled eggs and booze. <laughs> that is a Thanksgiving that spread. Is a Thanksgiving. That's that's yeah. like my Thanksgiving. My family's. <laughs> it's that Catholicism. <laughs> Rosemary's Ladies podcast said stuffing. I love stuffing. Are we having stuffing? Did we, get, did we not make stuffing last year? I don't know. Just don't get the just don't get the the animal stuffing. Oh, be good. that's what I did. You I got, got turkey the chicken. You got chicken. I got chicken stuffing, and I was like, "Get the Trader Joe's veggie yeah. vegetarian." And I was just like, "Oh, stuffing should be like vegan. Like, I don't need to look at this." <laughs> nope. Fail. Meat, meat flavored bread. <laughs> <laughs> the narrator from Mythical Podcast said cranberry sauce and stuffing so see that a lot of people like a lot cranberry. of people like cranberries this is like eye-opening for me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like it's a real thing this that people eat yeah it's not just the stuff that your grandmother puts out on your no, table real and people everybody ignores at least real people on the internet eat it <laughs> okay this one i think also relates to you professors podcast says crescent rolls crescent rolls 
Yeah. Oh, I want a crescent roll. <laughs> Boobies and newbies say mashed potatoes all the way. <gasps> mashed potatoes. Are we making half vegan or all vegan mashed potatoes this year? I did them with almond milk last year. Two years ago, I made them with uh, sour cream. Oh, right. Because I couldn't find we can still do vegan that. milk. but We can still do that. Vegan sour cream if you want. I'll try it. We're going all out this year. Lastly, Alisa. Alisa. From Best Forevers and Fatalities podcast. That's a name. Says, stuffing. Stuffing is stuffing. Good. Okay, so what one? I think it's a tie. I think cranberry sauce won. Cranberry sauce killed it. What? This a is a shocker. Okay, this is rigged. This election, <laughs> the Russians took over. Who did this? The cranberry <laughs> economy has gone way up. This is Big Cranberry's fault. Big Cranberry <laughs> swooping in for the kill. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't even know when at what point it became a competition. <laughs> okay, you hear it first. Cutaways listeners love cranberry sauce. <laughs> My favorite is mashed potatoes mm-hmm. and crescent rolls mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Let's talk about big because it's Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you. It was cute. Yeah? The movie? Yeah. Like, I was kind of worried that it was going to be really, like, uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But, and I think we ha- we get this a lot with Tom Hanks movies. Like, he does play some really uncomfortable, like, sounding characters. Like in You've Got Mail? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he does it, and you're just like, okay, but you're, like, really sweet and innocent, and I just want to hold you and, yeah. and love you. Yeah. Like, I don't, I can't physically hate Tom Hanks. Yeah. Like, for reals it's so hard i don't know it's it's what is that he's got that charm that same charm that we've talked about that Cary grant had mm-hmm. it's it's just makes you he just shines from the inside and you just see what a beautiful human being he is no matter what role that he's playing yeah. like he plays he, he could play some shitty characters and it'd still be like oh but tom hanks yeah which like, is probably why just... they don't cast him as shitty characters that much so he's filming Mr. Rogers mm-hmm. movie right now. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, you saw I saw the first picture of him in the sweater. Yeah. And like everything in me was just like, oh fuck. Like he has that same youthful innocence that doesn't it just doesn't make it creepy. Like Mr. Rogers, you know, would go out and he would talk to children and like get on their level. And th- in in our society there's like that thing where you can't have men around children or it it's like they're predators or, or something like there's there's this stigma aspe- like even just around dads in general being at the playground like get keep your children away from him because you know you don't know who this dude this random guy is like why is he here staring mm-hmm. at all these children mm-hmm. and just even like you don't know what you're doing yeah you do not possess the skills yeah and and that's not true mm-hmm because men have have this youthful innocence in them too and i think that that comes off especially with with uh mr rogers and tom like i don't feel like i feel like tom hanks could was a child in this movie in big in big yeah. yes you you have that that innocent quality that just wants to to understand things and be loved yeah and, and not give a fuck yeah it's like it's before you 
really become like a teenager that's really concerned with what people think about you and being controlled so much. Like he's at that precious age in the movie where he just wants to have fun and be curious and just, yeah. you know, be the annoying kid who walks in a grocery store aisle unaware of where his arms are swinging. <laughs> yeah, and not like there's that innocent like learning how what it is to be in your own body like that's when it starts to really become a thing like right around 12 13 you start as a teen like it's not really a teenager like that's kind of why i hate the description a little bit because they make him sound older than what he is preteen yeah he's more like a tween yeah he's right at that age where your body starts to change and you're like what the fuck is this shit like But you're super curious about it. So you come at it in this way that is very innocent and and childlike. And and it starts to, it doesn't, it's not serious. Like, I think we we like to put adult sentiments on on children in a way. Like, oh, don't, don't touch your body there. Some things that, you know, children should experience their, their body on it because it's awkward it's awkward at that phase and you're not even really Mm self-aware and so when adults tell you constantly that that's like bad or and you you're not allowed to explore like just who you are as an individual or what's going on with yourself because you're afraid because adults keep telling you that especially as girls i think it comes off more as for girls than i mean boys are told not to touch their penis at all i was such a late bloomer i think i i don't even know if i hit puberty i'm like <laughs> yeah no it makes sense uh everybody was an adult like way before me well, I, I just wanted to play i didn't even really want to acknowledge like what that i needed to wear a bra mm-hmm. or something we've like talked that. about this yeah, yeah like i i just remember having this sense that my body was changing and I needed to stop it because there was something really wrong about it. Yeah. For me, it was a weird time because I changed schools, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, first through fifth grade in one school, one elementary school. And then my parents moved to the other side of town. So for sixth grade, I was in this other school with all these other kids who looked like they had just hit puberty that summer and I just like came into like this adult situation it felt <laughs> like where I'm just like hi where's the playground <laughs> you know well yeah I had a similar thing where I was in uh, a catholic grade school I was there from basically kindergarten until uh, sixth grade and then I had to switch and so I went into middle school at, se- at seventh grade brand new world yeah and it was just super uncomfortable. Yeah. When I went to middle school, joining my old friends who I hadn't seen in a year, again, they had also hit puberty. Yeah. So it was just like everybody had changed and I was just felt like I was like time Still locked. There. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy at that age. Yeah. <laughs> Penny Marshall really captured that awkwardness mm-hmm. in a way really well. And and I think it did help that Tom Hanks like did all this work with his his um child co-star like Mm -hmm. basically he would the person who played the younger version of tom hanks would act Mm -hmm. in the the scene hopefully not some of the really adult scenes no and tom hanks would have like a baseline of how yeah a real 
yeah. 12, 13 He's year very old much like, how would you do it? Yeah. You know, because I feel like the producers would want the kid to act like Tom Hanks, but Tom Hanks was very like, no, 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 no. I want him to do the natural 12 year old yeah. thing and I want to study him. Yeah. No, which is really smart because mm-hmm. when you think about it, like what does an adult think a child is going to do? Mm-hmm. It's going to be big and it's going to be over the top and it's going to be exaggerated where you're going to lose these these really s- subtleties in a way, which I think we're starting to see a lot more movies like this now. Not necessarily the, the time-changing movies, but we're actually showing kids as kids mm-hmm. and, and what it means to be a kid. Yeah, even in, like, Stranger Things. Yeah. We're, we're trying to get rid of that mentality of what the adults view the kids and actually show what kids view kids as Mm -hmm. which i think our generation appreciates that i feel like a lot of our generation had to grow up super fast that we never really got to stop and think about what it meant to be a child Mm -hmm. and now that we're having our own children Mm -hmm. that we don't want that to happen for them yeah We, we are trying to preserve that innocence for as long as possible which, you know, in some cases is probably at the detriment of, of yeah, the child. Yeah, like there could be backlash because I feel like a couple generations ago they did that same thing. Yeah. S- is there any other examples you want to say of how Penny Marshall captured this for you? I think it's mostly, like, how quickly he kind of was persuaded and manipulated to change, to be more adult. Like, the greatest thing I thought about the movie was that they allowed like Tom Hanks to have a co-star that was was a child like play best friends mm-hmm. off of that child and you had all these scenes where he was really experiencing adulthood through mm-hmm. the child's eyes but like how people connected with him mm-hmm. like he got a job even though he lied on his resume and this entire movie just like Mrs. Doubtfire would have you know <laughs> ended if with the, with a background check <laughs> Like, where or were people just not doing background checks in the 80s and, and 90s? And how did he get a paycheck without an accurate, accurate, accurate sec- social security number? Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like some Republicans right now would have <laughs> questions. Like, how fucked up our, our employment system is. Like, yeah. how you really don't need a social security number to be employed. <laughs> like, if you really think about it, there are ways around it. But I mean, he didn't even have a stable address at that point. Anyway. Yeah. And it's like, there's a lot of things. But, like, the magic of the movie is... This idea that letting him play really connected with the adults in the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, I think everybody that connected with him were connecting with the idea that you don't have to live nine to five every second of every day in a cubicle somewhere. That there's intelligence Mm -hmm. in that innocence. That there is quality mm-hmm. and importance yeah in that innocence because then when he started to lose it like i wanted a little bit more mm-hmm. of more examples of him realizing oh like being adult is not necessarily not all that it's cracked up to be but being an adult means giving up your childhood yeah i feel like having thoughts about the end now based off of what you're saying of i think it's like we were talking about this earlier with the film you were talking about. If you like hang out with like older people, you're kind of missing being in your own age. Mm-hmm. Well, and he's he's missing the pieces of him that 
are restricting his curiosity. Like he's allowing himself to be manipulated into this idea of what it is to be an adult, which is to constantly be working and to constantly be providing for yourself. And you kind of get lost in this, like, it's almost like he became like lost in the power of it. Yeah. And I mean, they were selling toys and how they were doing before was quantifying research like oh children like this instead of like really experiencing it which yeah. is what he was doing yeah when you think of think back to your your strongest member memories of child of childhood is is when the adults kind of got on your level and you know had that experience with you like for me it was one my grandmother reading to me and then like our family trips where we all were doing something together, like swimming. It's your parents having fun with you, like having that emotional connection to bring back that element of fun that yeah. Sam kept talking about. <laughs> Sam watched the movie with us and he kept going, remember when you had fun? <laughs> and he just sort of stopped the sentence <laughs> yeah. right there. Yeah. Cause I think that remember fun. <laughs> Well, I think that's what gets lost. Or even, like, trying to create moments or create, you know... Manufacture... We we forget that you don't need to manufacture feelings. Yeah. Quantifying fun Mm -hmm. instead of actually experiencing fun. That's the theme. Because I don't think we're ever over our child. Well, and, and when we're children wanting to be an adult... I mean, like, that's how the movie starts yeah if we can get into it well did he really want to be an adult like that was he my wanted question. to be big yeah <laughs> that was it was a little like big in what way sir yeah well okay <laughs> well i think they just wanted to have the movie title in it a, a lot a lot so yeah. it's like the guy at the the carnival wasn't like you need to be this tall to ride you need to be this big to ride mm-hmm. is what he said and he's like i want to be big yeah i want to Talk to girls. <laughs> so we meet our, our Josh Baskin as a child. Mm-hmm. And he lives a normal boy life with his BFF Billy. And they play stickball and have crushes on girls. Sort of. In New Jersey. Yeah, sort of. They've just discovered that girls are a thing. <laughs> yeah. This is like post-adolescence where you're just like, oh, yeah, the other sex exists. Yeah. And or the same sex. Or the uh, like all the others. So they go to a carnival, Josh and his family. It's 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 cute. It, it's that age where you go with your family to things, but you're like, uh, I want to be old enough to hang out and not need my family. Ugh. I was never this child. I just wanted to stay home. I think one of the first things I went to without my parents and with like all the other, I think they were middle schoolers, was a hockey game. Mm-hmm. Because we got tickets through like the school. This is for the P Bruins, so they're always giving out yeah tickets. And it was just I was keenly at that point I was keenly aware that what I was wearing was not cool, <laughs> and that was my moment. Oh, I remember like the moment where I realized that my shoes were just utterly different from everybody <laughs> else's, and I was just like everyone's silently judging me. Yeah. Children that are just don't realize everything is stressful. Oh my god, finances. I feel like you're dying. Okay. I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Tom Hanks, come replace me as an adult. You've, you know what? You've got it together, Tom Hanks. That's how Tom Hanks will be on our podcast. He'll just be you. <laughs> no, I mean America's dad. Come, come parent me. Okay. Come take me out of this. Okay. Tell me to clean my room. I'm telling you to clean your room. It's Tom Hanks. Oh. <laughs> okay. So, like we said, he's not big enough to ride the ride with this girl he's crushing on, who is obviously into this other guy who drives. Do you remember when that was, like, such a big deal? No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess you grew up where that's not, like, significant. Like, it's very significant where I grew up. Yeah. So, he sees the Zoltar machine, and he makes a wish. He wishes to be big and... Your wish is granted. This is the creepiest, like, carnival thing. They have them around. I know. I have a picture with one in San Francisco. It's terrifying. The eyes glow red. Yeah. Like, you should never trust a thing where the (laughs) eyes glow red. That's pretty accurate. The next morning. Tom Hanks is naked. He's not a little boy anymore. Yeah. He's in the mirror, and he is a man. (laughs) He got some chest hairs. He's a man in the mirror. (laughs) Oh, MJ. Yes, he goes through the confusion of like, this is my body now, which never happened to me. I never, I keep going, I never hit puberty. It never changed. I remember. Yeah. It was like waking up and then like your boobs are big and it's like, why is this a thing? Never happened. (laughs) Remember like not being able to like fit into my shirts or anything like that. Oh, I remember like first period too. That was traumatic. That was, I was about to say, that was traumatizing. <laughs> it's not what they prepare you for no. at all. <laughs> You're just like, what the You're just fuck? Like, oh, it's a little, they're like, oh, it's a little bit of blood and it'll happen like once a month. I only, I thought it was like a day. Oh. A day. Yeah. I was just like, I peed blood. I'm dying. Literally that. I was sister. not prepared for the gushing. Like literally so unprepared. So unreliable classes in the health rooms. Nah. We need to be like super open and honest about yeah. that shit. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. It's not a pleasant experience. You think you're dying. You really do. Yeah. And then about 15 years later, you start to get the hang of it. <laughs> you do. I'm, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck I'm doing. American Horror Story Woman Edition. Blood everywhere. Blood everywhere. <laughs> the Shining. <laughs> axe murder. <laughs> Emotions. I'm having an axe murder right now. Oh my god. I just read a thing. This is why it's on my brain. I read a thing about this Ohio congressperson who thought that tampons were sex toys and did not understand what menstruation was. This is like the terrible education that boys received in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. So he would not let his female like aides or like secretaries or whatever go to the bathroom at one point. Like this woman started her period at work and she's like, oh fuck, like I need to go to the bathroom. Like it's, it's upon me. Yeah. Nature is taking its course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, her boss thought that women could just turn it off yeah, and yeah, choose, yeah. like, a specific day. Yeah, I've heard the, the guys think that you can hold it like you can hold pee. Yeah, no. 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 It, it, it seeps. Yeah, there's no muscle for that. <laughs> it's like the ocean. It's like water. It's, it's like a waterfall, yeah. Yeah. 
Like water just goes. Yeah. Life finds a way. Life finds a <laughs> Jeff Goldblum appears. Oh my god. Could you this imagine if Jeff Goldblum just taught women what periods were? That'd be amazing. Like I feel like he'd do such a really good job. Like it's such a different experience across the board for people. So like that awkward phase I just wish that more men understood what was going on. And because I think there's so many movies about a, ma- a, a boy's experience growing up. Yeah. And we don't really have that for girls. Like, we don't have an... Ag- I've seen it a few times. Like, I saw Skate Kitchen this summer, and that had a great scene with a bunch of girls talking about tampons. And the girl was just like, I thought you could die from tampons. And they're like, what? <laughs> well, you can. Toxic shock yeah. syndrome, guys, is a real thing. Bacteria bad. Like, movies like Boyhood. Mm-hmm. We don't have, like, girlhood or, mm. or something like that where it examines the... I think we talk about it a lot, but it's really hard to kind of make people understand what you're talking about without sh- examples, without being able to point to an example. And And something that I think we've talked about a lot on this podcast is girls through media are taught to empathize with boys, but it's not the same with boys in yeah, the reverse boys, direction. Right. And aren't looking for their female heroes yeah. in movies. Yeah. It also teaches boys to not see women mm-hmm. as people or yeah. and it, it causes these things to happen where people think that tampons are sex toys or or that like the shame that kind of comes with that. That's really hard yeah. to, to talk about and not and to not have any visual examples, at least for me. Like, it's really hard for me to understand without any type of visual example what it means to to be the one to to have pseudo power over sex in a way. Like, how it's the woman's job to always say yes. We talked about this a lot before we we started recording, but, Mm -hmm. like, it's the woman's job to say yes. It's the woman's job to make sure that she doesn't get pregnant. It's the woman's job to take care of the family. And there's a lot of like gendered stereotypes that go along with it that it's really shameful and it hurts men too. Like men not being able to understand that is a disservice to them. Like it's not just a disservice to women, it's a disservice to men too because, you know, then men are feeling shame for spending time with their kids or fucking carrying them around in a fucking papoose like that's stupid it's so stupid and so limiting for what it means to be a human that i just find it insulting i find it so insulting that a man cannot take care of his own child or that a man is supposed to be the breadwinner like that's not most people's experience like Mm -hmm. what's the big fucking deal if the woman My mom was the breadwinner. You know that. Yeah. My dad raised me. And you're fine. Yeah. I turned out fine. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think you have a lot of other, like, perspective from that. Like, Mm -hmm. you you have this positive male example of empathy and love and fatherhood Mm -hmm. in a way that not a lot of people have. Totally. And to allow your mom to go out and do that is great for you because then you also have a really good example of female empowerment in a way but also like female work ethic Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. We're talking a lot about growing up because that's what this movie's about. Let's get back to it. He's a grown up now. He's scared. He goes back to the carnival, but Zoltar is gone. Moved that carnival on. got cleaned up super fast. Yeah. But then he goes back home, scares his mom, tries to convince her. That scene her. was terrifying. Yeah. Because her experience was, this man is going to rob me and rape me. Yes. <laughs> like, and then that's traumatizing to her son. Like, think about that. Yeah. Aw. He goes to school to find Billy. First, Billy is scared, but then he sings the the downtown baby. baby da, 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 the song. Go, go, baby. I can't remember the words. And so then Billy believes him. So, like, Billy is the only one who knows. And so they make, they instantly, like, make a plan. Go to the city, find the Zoltar machine, get a hotel room. We can do this. You'll be, you'll be back by Thursday. <laughs> lies kids and then the the scene that always makes me cry every time when josh is crying on the bed oh my god this performance was so good yes makes me every time every time i cry because it was so innocent and Mm -hmm. so honest yeah which is like that's tom hanks i always go like that's how i cry tom hanks deserved his golden globe yeah dude that one scene fuck yeah. Like, people talk about the fucking piano scene way more than they talk about that. Mm-hmm. Like, to see a grown man cry mm-hmm. on screen. Like a child. Like a child. How often does that happen? Ugh. 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 It just rips me up. It needs to happen, because men need to cry. Mm-hmm. Samuel. <laughs> I love my husband, people, but... I can make him cry. No. I can make him cry. No, you can't. I can't? Okay. Wait, wait, wait. We almost cried at the wedding because I was crying and you were crying. So if we do more of that. I guess. Okay. We'll fix him. We'll fix him? We'll fix him. Okay. We're we're falling into like the the most pivotal female stereotype. (laughs) So Josh and Billy go to the government because this is how the internet was back in the day. Yeah. No, it was the government. (laughs) They... Request a listing for all of the carnivals, and this request will take six weeks. I loved that the government looked like Brazil. Like, it was so dilapidated, and, like, City Hall was so shitty as fuck. We're talking the movie Brazil. Yes. 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 Not the country. Yes. (laughs) Just to clarify for the (laughs) listeners, I knew what you were saying. So then, what's he to do with these six weeks? He looks for a job. So they're looking in the newspaper, much like the internet. (laughs) And he finds a computer job, and they're like, ugh, you and your computers, ugh, 1988. Computers are for nerds. Computers are great. Computers are going to take our jobs. So he gets his data processing. <laughs> computers are going to take your life. Da, da, da. I think I was talking to a computer Cyber the other day. <laughs> so this computer job, this data processing job, is at Macmillan Toys. Which is FAO Schwartz, mm-hmm. technically. Hmm. That's their competitor. No, but like it's modeled after FAO yes. Schwartz. It's like it's a fake FAO Schwartz. Yeah. Who is a competitor to FAO Schwartz? Yes. Yes. He interviews. This is where we meet Susan. That fucking pen clicking dude was like this annoying. Guy? I wanted to st- stop it. <laughs> I am drugged and I do not know my limits. Shit, I'm gonna get stabbed. R.I.P. Justine in this episode. <laughs> 
Gotta change the whiteboard. <gasps> it has been zero days since <laughs> Ashley felt stabby. Oh. Okay. Okay. So, this stuff with Susan, okay? Mm-hmm. Can we talk about Elizabeth Perkins' hair for a second? Okay, what do you want to talk about? When she had it down and not in that braid thing, Mm -hmm. it was really pretty. That was the intentional to make her more youthful at the end. But like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. it was super pretty. Like it wasn't frizzy. Mm -hmm. Girl has some stuff in it. Mm -hmm. Girl has good product. Mm -hmm. And I mean, for the 80s though, yo. Yeah, but it wasn't like super poofy or teased or anything. It was Mm -hmm. just so pretty. It looked like soft. I, it reminded me, like, this movie takes place in 1988, but so does The Wedding Singer. Mm-hmm. And you see how, like, the parody 80s are just, like, so much more, like, weird. Ridiculous. Yeah, than what the 80s actually were. This is why, like... Chris is going to come after us. I'm sorry. But, like, <laughs> when people do, like, 80s parties and stuff, I'm like, this is not what the 80s... Eight- I'm like, the 80s did not look like this at all. It, it just... I get weird like parody of a parody yeah so this stuff with susan right at the beginning i feel like they start introducing these kind of small sexual glances i don't know if you noticed i didn't register as that but i don't think i was not taking anything sexually like there was a point where when they bump into each other, Josh sees that her shirt has become askewed and you can see her bra. That I took as, like, boyish innocence. Yeah. I mean... Of, like, oh, my God, her bra is showing. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a thing. Like, it's he's still in that phase where he's just noticing things. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you're just noticing things, you're hyper aware. So that's what I took it as. Mm-hmm. So I didn't take it as sexual mm-hmm. in a way. Like, mm-hmm. even though it is... I don't know what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just my bias towards Tom Hanks. I just did Is not- it like just sexual without a sexual intent? It's Yeah. Like it's sexual, but it's childhood curiosity. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that could happen when, when you're younger that, you know, would be bad if you did it as an adult. Like as a f- young girl being very super curious about what a penis was, was a thing. Yeah. Didn't necessarily want to see it. Yeah. But, but how does that even... Like, work. Work. Yeah. Like... It was super a thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and when you started noticing... Yeah. A boy. Like, noticing, like, how... How... How was that... Pl- how? Like, how? 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 <laughs> and I mean, now that I'm married, I have asked Sam, like, a lot of these <laughs> questions. I know. That I, like, burning questions that I've had since, like, puberty. It's crazy. It's, it's like, such a weird thing for me, asking questions about dicks. <laughs> anyway. Okay, hard topic change. Whoop. Unintended pun. Uh, um, you hate when you do that. You get super embarrassed like you are right now. <laughs> Josh calls his mom. Josh starts pretending like he's kidnapped. Mm-hmm. As I don't know. He just kind of comes up with it because I think that's what she thinks. So he just goes with it. I wanted a little bit more of this hmm. for some reason. Because the mom's storyline really like just disappears completely. Yeah. And she's so good. Yeah. We start focusing in on, on Josh, Josh and his like relationship. With Susan? With Susan. And, and I think what, at least what I think Penny Marshall was going for was that feeling that moms get 
when their sons go off and they're kind of replaced as the female character. It's it's a it is a thing. Yeah, I didn't get that though. Well, I think it was just like a subtle. I don't think it was. It might just be me making things up in my head mm-hmm. because I'm tired. But you definitely got way less of him trying to make his mom feel better. To try it, yeah, for sure. As he l- kind of went into the relationship. Yeah, with yeah. I mean, he definitely hardcore changed after he had sex. Yes. Like, he was like, I am adult now. I live adult lives. I talk about museums and shit. Well, and like, how shitty is that that your first, like, any experience happens when you're not in your real body? <laughs> Yeah, he's going to have an awkward second time. <laughs> he's going to have, like, an awkward everything. <laughs> I feel like this is a very traumatizing experience for him, and this machine magic person really didn't think about the consequences that they were sacri- or putting on this child. Well, I mean, until he becomes 30 again. I have valid. So he's able to get money through his job, and the boys splurge. And have a little montage. Of they buy the apartment mm-hmm. that Sandra Bullock was living in in uh, two weeks notice. Ashley, are you a fan of built-ins? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. <laughs> I've always wanted a built-in bookshelf. <gasps> yes. Like, just, yes. I'll take a nook. Oh, I'll take a good nook. <laughs> so, when he's at FAO Schwartz, he runs into his boss and... McMillan likes Josh's opinions, and then they play on the giant keyboard, as we know. As is famous. And so he gets a promotion to be vice president in charge of product development. And that pisses off Paul. I didn't like Paul. I didn't feel like Paul was necessary to anything. Paul was just like the guy. Paul was unnecessary. Well, Paul also had a sexual relationship with Suzanne. Susan. (laughs) Susan. Susan. Um, I like the the meeting where they're talking about the GoBots and Josh goes the I don't I don't get it. I yeah. Like that. And then he pitches the new idea and that impresses the boss. It's bugs. Mm-hmm. And then there's the fancy work party where he's wearing the white tux, which always made me laugh as a baby. Why? I don't know, cause it's funny and it's great and I loved it. It's a very, I think he looked really good. It's a fond childhood memory of seeing Tom Hanks in that white sparkly tux. Legit. And then eating the baby corn. I want baby corn. I love baby, baby corn. Baby corn is gross. <laughs> baby corn is awesome. I reject your opinion on this. <laughs> I don't think I had it for a very long time and I only wanted it because of this movie and then I tried it and I was like, this doesn't taste like corn. I love I that's the point. Ugh. Like it tastes amazing in fried rice. Like oh. Okay, I'll give that, but <laughs> I love baby corn. It, I could take it or leave it. So he and Susan, you know, get together at the party and because he has that like mouthful of caviar, which is super funny, and it's like caviar wanna... is gross. Yeah, like do you want to get out of here? Like yeah, I'd like to get a milkshake. <laughs> oh, milkshake! All the food in this movie was fantastic. Yeah, so he's in the limo with Susan, and he's playing with all the buttons, and he's like out the top. How everybody always wants to ride a limo. Yeah. Go out the the top. What is that sunroof? The sunroof. Yeah. So he takes her to his bomb-ass apartment, and she's just like, oh, I didn't know if I'd be ready for this, and I could stay. And he's like, you mean sleep over? 
It's like, yeah, okay, but I get to be on top. <laughs> it's a great line. Yeah. And then he's got a full trampoline in his apartment. I don't like trampolines. Why? This was a very traumatic scene for me. (laughs) (laughs) I think it probably has something to do with just my head. Because I get really super... Dizzy? Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, he allows Susan to have fun. You know, stop Mm -hmm. being so uptight. And, you know, she's expecting a certain thing. Because this is how adults interact. Yeah. But he doesn't meet that expectation of like, I'll take you back to my place and we're going to swoon. I'll give you wine and we're going to go to bed together, you know. Which is what she needed. She needed something different. Yes. Yeah. So that night. Even if he was 13. That was a little weird. Yeah. That night he sleeps top bunk and gives her the compass ring and, you know. The compass ring thing was super cute. That was cute. Like his face. Yeah. He's got a cute face. Well, yeah, we know that. Thomas Jefferson hangs. Thomas Jefferson, TJ. So the next day, Paul invites Josh to play squash, and he's playing really aggressively, so much so that he starts fighting him. I didn't, I I understood this scene, like, on a concept level, but also, like, I hated this scene. Yeah. I would have cut this scene, even though that's not my decision. (laughs) But But I still would have cut this scene. It does lead to Susan breaking up with Paul. Yeah, but that could have come from emotional change and her 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 own self-awareness yeah. rather than because Mr. Aggression Town took a beating to beautiful Thomas Jefferson's face. Yeah. Let's see. Billy and Josh, Josh's birthday. What do you think Josh wished for when he blew out the candles? I think he wished for her to like him. I was going to say the same thing. He wants the pretty girl to like him. Mm-hmm. And that's that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which Billy took it as he was wishing to be a kid again. Mm-hmm. Because this is when Billy started to really Get want it. his friend back. Yeah. Oh, poor Billy. I love Billy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, he, he turns down hanging out with Billy right now. And he goes to see Susan, takes her to a carnival, but then misses the Zoltar machine. Like, he is completely off target. Mm-hmm. He didn't see the Zoltar machine, but he wasn't looking for it. Yeah. Susan says that she, like, really likes him and that, like, she knows him and he's, like, an honest, upright guy. Yeah. Where he's kind of like, oh, there's something I need to tell you, but it doesn't get to that because they kiss. Yeah. Bit of a trope. It's always a trope. Something I should tell you, but first... Do you ever feel like you have those moments where, like, somebody says that and you never... I don't feel like anybody ever says that. Yeah, I feel like this moment has never happened. But wouldn't that, like, wouldn't it be interesting if a movie, like, had that trope, but, like, it happened and then, like, the other character was like, wait a second, what? Yeah. Like. That'd be nice. That would be really nice. Like, there's something I need to tell you. Kiss. Kiss. Okay. Wait a second, what? 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 What's the. Like, but, like, the kiss would start, but then, like, you stop it Mm because, like, the processing finally happened. Yeah. There really isn't a lot of stopping of kissing in no. movies. There needs to be more. Let's talk about our feelings. Feelings. So he goes back to her place and she takes her shirt off, unbuttons her shirt. Mm-hmm. She's in her bra. She turns the light off and then he immediately turns the light back on. This is adorable. Because he wants to see it. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. This is the first time he's seen boob. So then he does the thing where he touches 
her boob. I mean, it's the, it's the, it's the Shakespeare in love like boob caress, not like downward, but across this time. Across is bad. Across is oh, it was just kind of like across the top of the one, and oh, then like okay. to do the cup under. Got it. Okay, yeah. so. It cuts away from them, you know, holding and kissing each other. And then we see him come out of an elevator really happy, which, as we rom-com trope know, means they did the do. They had the sex. Yeah. Now he's happy, but he's also wearing suits. He's ordering coffee. He's a grown-up now. I did not like this. No. And then, like, Billy gets the mail that they've been waiting for and... Can't get a hold of his friend. No. You know, they're starting this new big project that Josh is stressing over. Like, he's acting like a real person. Ugh. A real grown-up. Not a person. He's acting, <laughs> like a, he's acting like a robot. Yeah. And, like, Susan wants to know what their status is. Like, what's up with us, boo? <laughs> and he doesn't understand. Yeah. He's like, let's just wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> Wrestling's fun. Wrestling is fun. Eh. Cuddling is fun. Wrestling leads to cuddling do anything that leads to cuddling yeah wrestling it's hugging it's intimacy <laughs> closeness body positivity hello billy shows up and you hate how billy can just show up in the office i just didn't understand like this child is allowed to just walk around how there's no security one there's no security two this child just leaves every like there is no parental oversight for this young child yeah He's, he has to be skipping school all yeah. over. Yeah. Like, where are the truancy laws? Yeah. Just going I mean, into the city. I know everything's legal in New Jersey, but that's <laughs> one thing that shouldn't be. Yes, I was just about to say, well, he's coming from New Jersey. <laughs> Everything is legal in New Jersey. That is a Hamilton reference. We haven't made one of those in a while. <laughs> I like that you have to qualify it. <laughs> classic cutaways <laughs> okay so billy shows up and billy's like who the fuck do you think you are which I is loved that the rare instance of an f-word in a pg movie in the 80s while they still had pg-13 movies yeah and josh's like this is important and billy's like you're my best friend what's more important than that i liked the fatherly reaction to him using the f-word though like yeah. that was really like the performance of tom hank was so subtle mm -hmm. it was great i would have given him an oscar he was nominated but you would have given it to him i would have given it to him i don't know what what he was up against but i would have given it to him yeah well, yeah i like when subtle performances win oscars because it's better than jared leto <laughs> anything's better than jared leto just saying just saying <laughs> <laughs> so okay then comes the montage that you didn't like no i hated this montage where he starts creepily watching children <laughs> yeah like i felt i mean the way it was shot like i understood what it was going for like he's realizing like childhood lost mm -hmm. but it for some reason just made me uncomfortable because he was like creepily voyeuring it voyeuring. wasn't like yeah it wasn't like sentiment like he was still in his giant over i think it was mostly the giant oversized suit <laughs> like if we really take stock and bring it down to its bases it's really what tom hanks was wearing yeah like if he was wearing a goofy tie or or he had his jacket like i think it was just like i wanted him to have a little piece of his innocence with him mm -hmm. during those scenes because it gives you a visual connection 
between the two, not just putting the onus on the children. You don't think an ill-fitted suit is innocent? An ill-fitted suit on Tom Hanks just looks like a really bad... <laughs> it's just a disaster. It just looks like a mistake. Like mm-hmm. that. It doesn't look innocent. Like I just wanted a goofy tie. Like if they would have had the oversized suit mm-hmm. or with the jacket off... Yeah, instead of that coat, because his wardrobe before that was amazing. The way he dressed as an adult child was perfect. Was so cool. Yeah, like that sweater mm-hmm. that he was in, like yeah. the blue sweater, was really and all great. of his like button-down shirts that yeah. had cool patterns. Yeah, he yeah, like they really he dressed like it. he worked at Pixar. <laughs> yes, yes, that's what he did. Oh, that's who he lost to. Who? It was Rain Man. Oh, well. Still would have given it to him. Really? Over the Hoff? Yeah. Rain Man's not my favorite movie. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rain Man can kind of be a little offensive these days. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So he's watching the kids do kid things. He's missing, you know. He's missing his childhood. Yeah. The things that he would never get back if he chose to be an adult forever. Adult Josh, uh, who eventually is going to get deported by the Trump administration because he doesn't have like a real social security, social security number or anything, yeah. any documentation. No, no real identity at all. Yeah. None. He was able to open a bank account. I was so shy. The amount of like <laughs> things that he was ab- able to do was amazing. So he talks to Susan. Mm-hmm. He says, I want to go home i miss my family and of course she's just like oh my god i knew it you're married and he's like no no i'm a child i'm really a child inside and she's like yes yes i know how men are they're afraid of commitment he's like literally i am a 13 year old boy she's like nah this scene was really good like it was really well done Mm -hmm. susan's like ability to just like completely deny the things that she clearly Mm mm-hmm can connect is really nice mm-hmm. and his like utter innocence and insistence was really good yeah where he's just like i give up yeah. you know like i can't do this anymore it's hard and i want my mom yeah you know like i'm tired of holding all my shit together by myself i'm 13 <laughs> i just want my mom sometimes oh i think we all do that should be allowed do you not want your dad i want my dad yeah See, your dad was the central caregiver focus in your family, in your childhood, yeah. so. It's true. I want my caregiver. Mm. So, Billy comes back for the final time, and it's just like, here's where Zoltar is, up to you, I'm piecing out. You know, now it is Josh's decision to make. And the game that they're presenting, like, he's doing, he has this information, now he has to go do this presentation, and, like, all the dialogue is about... The kid makes his own decision. You know, the kid has choices, endless choices, you know. And so it's just like you see it on his face of like, I'm at the moment. I'm at the moment where I choose. Here's my moment of this path or this path. And it's the direct parable to the choose your own adventure game that they're pitching. Yeah. It was cute. Well, it's that's how he was starting off. That's how he started the movie, Mm -hmm. too, which was really nice. Yeah. And so Josh leaves and Susan runs after him. And Josh finds a Zoltar, you know, he does makes it. his wish. He makes the wish and she's just like, why? And he's like, well, there's a million reasons to go home, but only one reason for me to stay. Yeah. Sad face, sad face. Did you find it creepy that she told him to keep her number? No, I feel like 
at first she's like, what, you're like 16 or something? He's like 13. She's like, oh. God, you're so, you seem... (laughs) I I don't think she can get past the appearance of him either. Yeah. I think that's what made it easier for me to accept like that. Mm -hmm. When I like that they didn't show all of the scenes with her, like they didn't show any of her with the kid. Like I felt like that was what made it less creepy mm-hmm. because it's all with Tom Hanks. So the, you're really, even though like the logic behind it is there. Yeah. Like to be a little like uncomfortable. Yeah. You're yeah. never seeing her with the child. Yeah. He's already like walked down the street. Yeah. When he's turned into the kid. It's never like they hug while he is a kid. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been weird. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, she takes him home. I'll miss you. And then he turns into a kid again. And he kisses her. He, she gives him a kiss on the forehead, which yeah. I thought was so sweet. Yeah, I like that, too, of, like, I, I resigned to the notion that you are. Which actually wasn't a script thing. No? The the script had them kissing, like, on the lips one last time. Mm-mm. But they felt like since the reveal had already happened, yeah. that it was better that she kisses him on the forehead. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. That's the movie. I have a bit of trivia I wanted to share. Okay. Penny Marshall became the first female director to ever direct a movie that grossed more than $100 million at the box office with this movie. That's awesome. It is. She should have been nominated. Yes. The yes. performances that she got were great. Mm-hmm. Out of a script like this, mm-hmm. like to give it so much heart and so much well thought out pacing and instant, like throughout the whole thing, like there was, you could really tell that this, she had thought the, each of these instances out. Like it mm-hmm. was never, it was never like she phoned it in. Yeah. Penny Marshall deserves an Oscar. Penny Marshall is awesome. And then they worked together again in A League of Their Own. Mm hmm. Amazing. She got another amazing performance. Mm-hmm. Do you have any final thoughts before we go on to a dramatic read? As, as problematic as I think some of this movie is, I just, I really think that it captured such a beautiful heart mm-hmm. and idea. Mm. Like, you have frequent movies like this. You have Freaky Friday. You have a lot of, like, body-switching mm-hmm. movies, and she made it an allegory. Yeah. Which was beautiful like it wasn't campy it wasn't it was really Mm self-aware and i really like it was beautiful yeah yeah i mean like i've loved this movie all my life and i feel like it would be hard not to you know yeah (laughs) i mean even sam said like before he leaves that he wished he didn't have to leave in the middle of it because he really liked it so far i mean you guys rented it so you'll have it oh he can watch it tonight if he wants so in tradition of uh, Tom Hanks movies, we're going to do a dramatic read. Yes. So I can't remember who was Tom Hanks last time, but Ashley's going to be Tom Hanks this time. And I'm going to be Paul the, the dick. dick. <laughs> <laughs> Get your dick on. I'm ready. I'm mean. I'm much better at video hockey. That's not a sport. It requires hand and eye coordination. It's not a sport if you don't sweat. What about golf? It's a sport. You don't sweat. It's not a sport if you let a machine do all the work. What about car racing? Shut up, Baskin. I don't wanna. <laughs> and a scene. scene. Yay! 
did you hear my aggression yeah it was super Ugh. aggressive i built i did a build yeah you were super frustrated actor. <laughs> okay now we will rate this movie i have a rating i mean like you had the rating all along yeah i had it all along <laughs> in here in your heart in my heart would you like to go first no i want you to go first okay i'm going to rate this movie four and a half air hockey tables with unmovable players deep cut i like it (laughs) yes snaps i'm going to rate this movie four and a half baby corns <laughs> i love baby corn I know, I know. if i have not said it enough i love baby corn. <laughs> survey says ashley loves baby corn xander likes baby corn too oh uh, yeah he's a weird dog i have a mail bag in mail. my mail bag <laughs> mail. yeah we have a review on itunes from heidi of vibrant visionaries podcast yes awesome name vibrant of visionaries it's a five-star review i like the word vibrant yeah it's good you are vibrant am i okay (laughs) i'll take it here's the review ashley and justine start watching romantic comedies then go off the rails when it all becomes too much pretty much yep I popped into this podcast by listening to the Hedwig episode and really enjoyed their energy and effervescence. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Hedwig was a good episode. Yeah. It was our best of the year. Yeah. Yeah. More Hedwigs, please. Yeah. We had a shit year. So we were like, we're, we're ending it on a high note. Yeah. Do it. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you. Holla. Hashtag Lady Pod Squad. Nope. Yep. <laughs> Ashley. You'll never guess which actor we're watching next. Nicolas Cage? No. Is it someone I hate? Is it Hugh Grant? It's Hugh Grant! I fucking hate Hugh Grant. (laughs) I can't even with his stupid fucking face. (laughs) Next time on the podcast, we're watching 2002's About a Boy. (sighs) I'm very excited. Why? Because it's a Nick Hornby book that I haven't read. Okay. Because I've been holding out for this. As long as Hugh Grant is tolerable, I will accept it. It's but our last movie of 2002. We're finally out. Mm-hmm. Finally escaping. 2002 was a short one. It was. 2003 will be long. <laughs> Gotta love the 2000s. Hello. Rom-com renaissance. Yep. And the millionth Hugh Grant movie we've watched in this year alone. God damn. It was his heyday, apparently. He did not stop making movies. He just kept making them. Didn't he stop stop eventually? Yes. Hey, so I'm going to wrap up this podcast by saying all the places that people can find us. You're going to wrap it? Wrap it and forget it. Wrap it, wrap up. Wrap, wrap. Wrap it up. It's a wrap. Do Uh, it live. Do it live. (laughs) We have a Patreon and... We do. We do. (laughs) People like it. I don't know why. I don't know why people like our podcast. I what? really don't. What? What? It's a good. It's a goodie. I like it. <laughs> I like making it. Yeah, our patrons get extra content. They get videos. They get bonus podcasts. They get merch. Right now, the only place you can get Cutaways merch is on our Patreon. Eventually, we will have a shop. Yeah, Just but right not now, now, not right now. Yeah, right now, patrons. That's where it's at. 
good way to support us, helps us make this beautiful podcast here, keeps us going, puts the money towards the things. It keeps the fairy lights on. That it does. <laughs> it's <laughs> patreon.com slash cutawayspodcasts. Our website is thecutaways.com, and you can find us on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at Cutaways Podcast. Please hit them up, because like today, I hit up our Instagram and Twitter to find out what everybody's favorite Thanksgiving food was, you know? So you can be a part of the podcast. Drop us a line. We'll shout you out. And if you want to leave us a review like Heidi did, you can catch us... Anywhere you listen to podcasts like Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and drop us comments and rate us and please subscribe so you get those episodes to your phone right away, right as soon as they come out. Sometimes they come out a little early. Listen to the episodes that like you haven't seen the movie. Yeah. Like sometimes those are the best according to our reviews. Yes. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. We are here to listen I just want to go to sleep right now. Okay. We're going to go to sleep right now in this bed. We're going to sleep. Okay. Thanks for joining the slumber party. Thank you. Good night. Good night. I love you. Love you. It all starts with Frankenstein. Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein, which uses the Promethean myth, which her husband Percy Bysshe Shelley wrote about. And they were both friends with Lord Byron, who kept a bear at Cambridge. It was the key shaper of the Romantic movement, which Oscar Wilde would be at the tail end of when he wrote Dorian Gray. He was influenced by Yellow Book, which inspired the publication of a magazine called The Yellow Book, which specialised in lustful and violent tales, in which John Buchan was published, according to Benjamin, who wrote about Wilde's arrest. And Buchan wrote The 39 Steps, which later became a Hitchcock film, before he made Psycho, which was based on a dean who made corpses into ornaments, unlike Victor Frankenstein, who made a man by grave digging and stitching corpses together. You done? Not even slightly. The Frankenpod, it's a podcast stitched together from the corpses of mystery, noir, gothic literature and cinema. Subscribe to us on your podcast app.